fans wanted something else. They still loved pro wrestling, but they didn't want what Vince McMahon was really giving them. That's when you saw like the real side of, hey, this guy's got a million ideas. Ten of them are genius. The rest of them are terrible, and he doesn't know the difference. Because everybody else was sick. So uh, we got Mike Rossi here, a co-worker of Mike and mine. Well, thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, Mike, we, we wanted Mike on here. We've been talking about this for like a yeah, year, yeah. Mike. I'm just going to refer to you as Rossi because it's just going to make that's our fair. lives easy. Right, that's, fair. that's what we do at work anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mike is a huge wrestling fan. So How many, how many WrestleMania have you been to? This year will be three. Yeah, awesome. The last two. No, that is three more than I've been to. So Yeah. God, I haven't been to a live event in almost 10 years. What? I've never been to a live event. So oh, still oh live okay, we got to go then. we got to cross that off Maybe your bucket list. Maybe the year, guys. Oh, huh? oh, what are we getting? What the hell are they calling that? Oh, t- uh, Tables, ladders, and chairs. Yes. So yeah. mean, it, it doesn't mean tender, loving care? No. No, it doesn't Aww. mean tender, loving care. <laughs> it just, yeah. yeah so, I'm, any- not, I'm not that clueless. Anyway, um, it's been three years since our last WrestleMania show, which means that we're doing another WrestleMania show. Uh, this Woo. time we are Woo. discussing. Woo! We are discussing WrestleMania's 21 through um, through 30, which was up to last year. So we got to scramble. Which the means next. that our next WrestleMania episode won't be for another 10 years. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll figure <laughs> out something else that we'll do. You know, we might just have to go back and do the uh, the first 10 oh, again yeah, sure, yeah. because the the team has kind of changed a lot in six years. Yeah. Nine at that point. Well, number Shit. number one was just you and... Uh, it was just me and Mike. Yeah. The other Mike. You can always do Rumbles. We could do Rumbles, but the, the only thing with the Rumbles are is that they're really cool, but other than the actual Rumbles themselves, nobody gives a shit yeah. about the matches. <laughs> no, that's true. I read that book that you put me on to. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that like the best two bucks you've ever spent? It really was. I actually listened to it, or read, listened to it, read it on the way down to Philly for the Rumble this year, Yeah. Um, and really wasn't excited for the Rumble after reading it. <laughs> You had all the right to not be excited about yeah, that rumble. Amazing. We all we all knew what was going to happen going into what that. What book is this? It's um the KB's uh the Royal Rumble. It's on Kindle and only it's like two or three bucks. It's an ebook and it just covers every Royal Rumble up until um not this past one from this year but the year before. Um, also for a buck ninety nine, you can get Scott Keith's um, rants on uh, WrestleMania, and I think that goes up to thirty as well. Yeah, he'll probably update that every year. I, th- I hope so. Year. I just bought it, so 
two bucks. I am so rich. <laughs> so anyway, let's get started here because we got a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, so I did. I am so nerdy. I actually spe- uh, sent out a spreadsheet to everybody about um, like earlier earlier in the week uh, with every match, pretty much based on the same criteria we always go under, which is the worst matches, the fair to midland matches. So not quite great, not quite good. And then the best matches, and then any notes that we have. So uh, let's just get started with WrestleMania 21, which was held at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. Um, I believe this was the theme for this was big time. Yes, it was. Um, that was a lot of the commercials going into this were the movie commercials. Mm. Oh yeah, I remember seeing into. those. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was a really good build and a fairly crappy show. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Didn't they have like all the the all the um, superstars in the various um, action movie? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I know they did one. It was it was a, a few good men. I think Triple H was in that one. Yeah, I, you know. think, I think you're right. And, uh, but he was playing Nicholson, so he wasn't putting Tom Cruise over at all. No, and, and who was Braveheart? Was that Cena? I think it was Cena. And, was no. No, I think Braveheart was... No, uh, it, was, it was Triple H. That was Triple yes. H, yeah. yeah. JBL did one, Booker T did one. But JBL. It was all a but it was a really good build, because it wasn't L.A., they had the right idea, but again, just didn't translate to the show. Considering also, it's coming off took, of... Uh, my freedom, uh... <laughs> Because the English aren't going over in any way. <laughs> Nobody uh, will recognize the English in an airport. Uh. <laughs> now they have to cut their hair. And tell my enemies that they may try at WrestleMania, but they'll never take my title! Are you with me? You got a champ, that guy Mel Gibson. <laughs> He's got nothing on you. Woo! Woo! All right, woo! woo, woo. To WrestleMania. <laughs> and it's just one of those things that, as good as the promos were, they didn't build for the show at all. No. Yeah. Other than the fact that it was in L.A. I mean, you right. don't. Triple H was Braveheart, but no one knew he was wrestling Batista when you watched it. Right. Exactly. So you didn't have that energy to want to watch the show. So, all right, let's go move on to some of these matches real quick. So, in the worst column, we'll start off with Trish Stratus versus Christy Hemme. Um, Trish won this one through no fault of her own. Christy Hemme was just that bad. If I'm not mistaken, was she a Divas winner? Like a Christy Hemme was the first, uh, what did they call it? The Diva Search. Diva Search yeah, winner, yeah. She was yeah. the first of many epic failures out of that category. Oh, my God. Um, but, I mean, she... She's lately caught her niche in TNA. She's actually booking there now. Oh. But she was never to be a wrestler, and I think this match proved it. Yeah, yeah. But the beauty with this was Trish's heel persona at this point was goddamn awesome. Yes, this was. She had a great turn at twenty. Yep. Um, when she you know turned her back on Jericho with Christian. Yep. And it was really a great build, and she was killing it as a heel. Oh yeah. Oh, I loved her as a heel. She was fantastic. So, next matchup, and this actually might go in the column of one of the worst WrestleMania matches in history. Akibono versus The Big Show in a sumo match. Poor Big Show. He was put in these bad situations year after year after year. Oh my and God. this was probably the worst. This was the worst, because first of all, most people don't understand the rules of sumo wrestling. Yeah. You... No, and it wasn't explained well. It, it wasn't explained well, and it looked kind of like if, if I were Japanese, I'd probably be horrifically offended. 
Yeah, I mean, you just, you didn't, the crowd didn't know who Akabono was, they didn't care. Right. We, see Big, we got to see Big Show dressed like a sumo wrestler, that was always fun. Oh, yeah, that was, he was essentially wearing a thong. Yeah, it was disturbing on many levels. It was terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Uh, I'm I'm kind of glad I haven't seen this one yet. Oh yeah, man, don't, don't bother. Don't bother. Yeah, no, it's it's not worth your time. I mean, when you when you say who won, yeah, it was Akibono. But are there really any winners no. in a match like this? No, 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 Certainly not the audience. Not a single one. Everyone watching it was a loser. Yeah, actually, that's the kind of match where if you because again, this is during the day of pay per view. If you're the one who's hosting the pay per view event at your house, because nobody does this solo unless you're no. really sad and lonely. That's the kind of match where if you're paying for it, you actually envision the cash register and money growing wings and just flying out. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things too that you know you can't explain that to a casual fan. No. The the Akabono, the fact that he gets uh, pay per view payday on this. Yeah. There was probably plenty of people on that roster that deserved it over him. Is really offensive when you think about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now we're going to talk about payday a lot during this because there's a lot of guys that got stiffed a lot of money. Yes, tons. So, yeah. So, all right, go over to the fair to Midland matches. We'll start with uh, Undertaker versus Randy Orton, where the winner was... Yeah, okay. Orton? <laughs> Not this time. No. <laughs> no. You know what? This isn't a horrible match. Orton is still green as hell. Yeah, I mean, he was getting the push at this point, you know. Well, this was, was the rebuild push, yeah. because Triple H is everything in his power to bury him with that title. Yeah, and it was just the evolution split did not do him any favors. I mean, you had the Triple H-Batista match on the same show that was really built out of that yeah. evolution split. And Randy was the forgotten guy, and it, and it really sucked for him, because he was probably the one that deserved to push the most at yeah. that point. He's like the Dean Ambrose of, of that split, That's a great you know. Um, it's, you know, it's an okay match. Undertaker hadn't started bringing the goods yet in terms of just being able to give a solid performance instead of just being lazy and, okay, Poochie Driver, yeah, old they had, school. They had a good feud, um, you know, that, you know, emulated a couple times, but it kept coming back. Um, and, you know, I really thought that Orton was ready for something big at this point. Yeah. And, again, as we talk about the streak and everything, this was one of those scenarios that an Orton win might have made sense. It might have made sense. It would have helped him a lot more because I think it still took him another year before he actually started really getting over. Yes. So, uh, next fair to Midland is is one of our two uh, main event championship matches. John Cena versus JBL for the WWE Championship. Yeah, I, I mean... Did, I, I was never a fan of JBL, personally. He was a, he had a great heel run, but it did get old pretty quick. Yeah. Um, he does, you know, he's a horrible announcer now. Uh, yeah, he is. But uh, he had a good heel push at some point. But, you know, it was one of those matches you knew it was kind of like we expect this year's to be. Yeah. Um, you knew Cena was winning it. Everybody yeah. in the building knew yeah. everybody was winning it. And, you know, crazy fact about this one, this was the first mania that both titles changed hands. Yeah. And this one, neither was a shock. So yeah. they kind of built away from the show a little bit here. Yeah. And the thing with this match, first of all, yeah, I agree. The JBL character is a great character. But he was handed that strap because he he was just loyal to Vince. He's, he, he's a career mid-carder. The thing that pissed a lot of people off about JBL winning the title also was, this is the belt with the lineage. When he beat Eddie Guerrero, this was the belt that wasn't just pulled out of a satchel and handed to Triple H. Mm. Yeah, completely agree. It actually meant something, and this was kind of in the middle of it meaning nothing. It was kind of the... The belt that led you to the big prize. Right. But it wasn't really respected as the true yeah. know, world title. But um, Cena was over like crazy, which is funny now when you think about it because they've always kind of pushed that he's a 50-50 guy. Yeah. No. 
the crowd blew up the place. I love I love this Cena. Alberto del Rio! Alberto del Rio! Alberto del Rio! Shut up! You sound like two old cats trying to have sex and throw up at the same time. Um, they, if they had used this Cena for another two or three years, you know, it may have gotten old. It was kind of over it after this point. Um, because if you look at 22, the crowd, he was already starting to lose. Yeah. Um, but I think that he was great in this situation. I love the rapper Cena. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I do too. Him. But the thing was also, he was just, he was still... He still had a little bit of that indie guy in him. You know, he was still prototype to a lot of people. And when he dove into the crowd, when he won the belt, those were OVW guys that he was diving into. Oh, yeah. And the, the cool thing about this entire Fair to Midland category is you've got three true homegrown guys in this mix. And this was really the time they needed to develop those guys. And they did a really good job with the Orton Batista Cena run. Yeah. Um, that kind of led us into the next, you know, five or six years of WrestleMania. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, and then finally, unfair to Midland, we have Triple H versus Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship. This match closed out the show, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is the secondary world title, but depending on who's holding it, it's the one that means the most events because it's his. Um, but at the same, no, time, actually, oh, no. no this I'm is sorry, the one, I, yeah, I'm this is the one that, that, that yeah. Eric Bischoff pulled out of the satchel, handed yeah. Triple H, and said, "Here, you deserve My this." My mistake with that, but yeah, no, I mean, Batista won the Rumble, and everybody thought he was going to go for the other one even though we all knew the feud was coming. Yeah. Um, and this was the match that came out of the Evolution split, as we discussed earlier. By the way, that rumble, the ending of that rumble is hilarious. Yeah. Because oh yeah. that was the year. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you haven't seen no, that, have no, you? I all right. So the last two guys in the rumble are mm-hmm. Cena and Batista. Okay. The scripted ending was supposed to be that Batista was going to win. They both ended up getting knocked out at the same time. Which, in the grand scheme of things, how how can you screw something up that royally? Uh, you just it, it happenstance. But that's not the funny part. The funny part was they both botched the ending. Vince got pissed, got up from his desk backstage, and did his you know my balls are stuck to the side of my thigh waddle out to the uh, out to the thing. He's screaming at him. He dives into the ring and tears both quads legit. And is sitting in the corner of the ring. The, the pain is just... He's not showing it. Yeah. The pain is flush in his face. Such a tough bastard. Yeah. I mean, he was sitting there probably in the worst pain you could possibly imagine. Mm. And he still had that puss on his face. Yeah. his main event was ruined. <laughs> yep. Do it over again! And, and then the, Batista won. And the stories you hear about that after the fact is that he was trying to prove to everybody he wasn't hurt. Got himself to the back and decided to walk around again. Yeah. This was Vince McMahon at his finest. Yes. And it was not his fault that this happened, but it's strange in that the way that ending went because they still somehow landed outside of the ring perfectly at the same time. Yeah. Even though it was a botch. Then they go, they start the match back up, and he was out in, what, 30 seconds? Yeah. Oh, it was just like, okay, yeah, just toss me out. We know how this is supposed yeah, we, to end. Yeah, we got to finish this up real quick. Let's just yeah, let's get it out of here. And but let's get Vince back. It's Batista, Batista's still ridiculously green at this point. He... He deserved the title, he deserved the win, he deserved the elevation, but it's just not a good match. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on to some of the best matches in this column. Um, We've got uh, the Money in the Bank match. This is the first Money in the Bank match ever. Uh, Essentially, the rules are it's a ladder match where you you have to grab a a briefcase that's got a contract for... um, 
any match. Any, any no, any world championship match within one year. Yeah. So you grab that, and they made a great gimmick. It was a great gimmick. Well, they still Fantastic, hold on yeah. to it. Yeah, and this is all Chris Jericho's baby. This yeah. was his idea. Jericho did a good job with this. Oh, it's excellent. Well, he's one of the participants, too. Uh, mm-hmm. So in this one, you got Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Shelton Benjamin, Edge, Kane, and Christian. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> one of these Benjamin? things is slow and, and unmotivated. I've never heard of Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin. Oh, my God. All right. He was a staple of the Money in the Bank early. He um, was a spot monkey. Yeah. If you needed a guy who was just going to... Bump around like a pinball. It was Sh- <laughs> this time it was Shelton Benjamin. Now it's Kofi Kingston. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Shelton Benjamin is collegiate wrestler, unbelievably talented. He's part of the world's greatest tag team, and that's what there's their name. But it actually holds true. They're one of the best tag teams in history. Mm. Um, this is a fantastic match, though. I mean, it kind of gave us a lot. I mean, I don't know what the hell Kane was doing there. Yeah, I mean, Kane was there to throw people around and catch people. Right. Um, and it worked to an extent. I liked this iteration of the Money in the Bank when there's only six guys. Yeah. I think they did get a little bit watered down over the years, which we'll discuss later on. Yeah. Um, but I love that Edge got the win here, and he got the push after this, which was almost a full year later, but <laughs> that he finally deserved. I mean, he was... he was great for that company for almost a decade at this point already. He was next up. He was truly next up for years and years and years. Yeah, and he just never really got the shot. And being in this match with guys that he had worked comfortable matches with, you know, and Benoit, Jericho, Christian, Shelton, Ed, I mean, even Kane at that point, um, Edge really got his chance to shine, and it worked out here great. It was the second best match of the show by far. Yeah, and the beauty of this is that, I mean, well, the thing with Edge, too, is that even though the guy's like 6'4", and is in incredible shape. Yeah. He's always been perceived as a little guy. Because and that's kind of one of the things Vince doesn't like. He doesn't like little guys. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why Christian never got his due. No. And that and that's, you know, it's unfortunate because I think Christian's right there with him. Um, and I know me and you have discussed, Andy, the uh, Christian Hall of Fame status that yeah. we could see in a couple years. Um, he deserves it. Yeah. Um, the Edge and Christian as a tag team deserve it. But this is the first real time. Edge was able to get a push off the ground for himself. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was great. And it was a great run. The Rated R Superstar gimmick is fantastic. This was the jumping point for that. And it was, you know, then the next year when he actually wins the title off of this cash-in, yeah. it was one of the greatest moments in the in the last 10 years because yeah. nobody saw it coming. Now, you were you were at SummerSlam 96, or 06, right? Yes, yes. All right, so you were there. It was um, Edge defending against Cena. It's in Boston, Cena's hometown. <laughs> Cena, Cena loses and gets booed out of the building in his hometown. Ouch. Yeah, this was the this was the start of the the Cena sucks. Yeah, right smack dab in the middle of people always lost in their hometown. Um, Cena ended up winning the title back from Edge in, in Toronto. Toronto. Yep, um, which you know just it's, they always have to embarrass the guy who's at home. Yeah. Well, thank God that it was in Oklahoma because Jr. would have had his face in Vince's ass at some or point. Or yeah, something absurd. And then possibly one of the best matches of the decade. Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle. The winner is everybody. This the winner match, is you. This match was just so damn good. Um, every It was written out great. The execution was perfect. You thought that these guys worked a match together for you know every day for the last 20 years yeah. when you watch this. They knew each other's moves as they were coming. This was just a beautiful match. Um, I think it might have been Shawn's best overall WrestleMania match. I think so, too. Um, and well, that's the thing, too, is that neither of those guys needed somebody to carry them. Yeah. Um, and they just, they, they work so well with so many people that it was kismet. It really yeah, was. Yeah, two guys that are used to calling matches move for move, it's like they knew what was coming and you didn't have to worry about what the next move was. It was perfectly drawn out. 
this match was the highlight of the show, and it's really not even close. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Shawn Michaels is, is always a great worker. He's always good, but you watch Kurt Angle, though. Yeah, he's always a great worker. Kurt, right? Well, here's the thing. Going back and watching this match again, this pisses me off how the Kurt Angle just kind of pissed his career away. Oh, yeah. yeah. He is intent on dying in the ring, pretty much. That's my, that's my opinion. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things that, you know, the guy just can't stay healthy. Um, I wish he was actually a trainer. Yeah. Um, I think him in NXT as a trainer would be a best possible situation for him. Um, but, you know, he still wants to continue following his dreams and, and impact wrestling. But um, this was really, and when you think about it, probably Kurt's last great WWE match. I think this is his last WrestleMania match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is his last WrestleMania match. Yeah, so, I mean, after that, they had no idea what to do with him. And, um, well, he, I think he worked the next year as a champion. He lost to Ray the next year. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, I mean, you definitely saw that the end of the road was coming after this, but you didn't know it when you were watching the match. Right. And I got one little note. You guys might have other notes on, on this show. Um, this isn't a match, but there was this bit where, and they, this has kind of become commonplace in this era of the WrestleManias, where they bring someone out to talk about the prestige of WrestleMania, and they always bring up, you know, they always hit the five moves of doom with this, you know, Hulk Hogan body slamming or... In Hogan's words, picking up Andre, the, you know the the two, you know two metric ton Andre the Giant, picking him up over his head and throwing him down in front of the 15 million fans at the Pontiac Silverdome. Um, but they had Eugene come out and do this. Now, for those of you who don't remember Eugene, Eugene was their sped wrestler. Literally, his character was literally needs. was special needs. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, you know what the funny thing is too. I didn't realize he was based on a real kid. This kid that used to hang around, I guess his dad was a road agent or something like that, and he used to hang around in the back. And all the wrestlers were really nice to him, and they were really kind to him, and reading China's box of dribble book, um, she's actually talking about, yeah, and there's a special needs kid, and he was so nice and all that. This chapter's for you, Eugene. <laughs> I saw the word Eugene, and I think a little bit of pee came out. Yeah. I was laughing so hard. Eugene still, Nick Dinsmore, the guy that played Eugene, still has off and on runs with the company as yeah. a trainer. It's weird. Um, he was in NXT last year. Um, which is kind of hard to believe when you look at what his character was. It just doesn't dwell as somebody that's going to be a, man, a uh, trainer. Right. But the guy had a, a boatload of talent, and it's unfortunate that he's always going to be known as, as the special needs yep. wrestler. But speaking of poor poor taste, um, so Eugene goes on about you know the whole WrestleMania three thing and all that, and out comes Davari. Was, was Muhammad Hassan, Hassan was with him as well? Involved. Yeah, but it was. Um, which is weird because we work with a guy named Muhammad. Yeah, and it's Hassan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Shit. Yeah, no, and the thing is, as I was watching wrestling at this point, you know, this was not long after 9 11. Yeah. Um, we were, we should have been greatly offended by this. Yeah. Um, because he was, you know, a complete sympathizer. It's kind of like what they were going back at seven with Slaughter. Yeah. Um, but this, as I watch now on the network, is really offensive. Oh, it's horrifically it offensive. It is even more offensive, and it's uncomfortable to watch now. He's Italian, by the way. The guy's not even Middle Eastern. Yeah, and I think Davari's not even... No, it was Davari, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, Davari and Muhammad Hassan, yeah, they're just, oh, my God, awful. So, anyway, so, you know, he comes out and does all this thing. Then Hogan comes out, you know, because he's going to make the save, cleans house. Eugene is nowhere to be seen. He might have been rolled out of the ring and get carried to the back. He might. Point. They might have done something. So Hogan does his little pose now for 30 minutes because he's a jerk. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you um, 
specified about Eugene though, because when I first saw that, I thought thought it meant uh, Mean Gene. No. Oh, if only. Oh my God. <laughs> it was, it was so far much, less no, offensive. That was so much better. No, seriously, Eugene's T-shirt and like his his the the card, you know, his like his name card when he, when the music came out was written in crayon with the E backwards. Yeah, and it says, hi, my name is Eugene. And I believe he was Eric Bischoff's nephew in the yeah. storyline. Yeah. Just the, the, you know, the pussification of Bischoff. Oh, my God. WWE version. I, I, I've just got um, Eric Cartman doing the Special Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've, got, I've got that in my mind. I'm amazed they didn't helmet. give him a helmet. I really <laughs> am. The Eric Cartman character in the Special Olympics was more intelligent than the Eugene wrestling character. Oh. Yeah. It was awful. So let's move on to WrestleMania 22 at the All-State Arena in, in Illinois. Yes, in the last WrestleMania that was actually in an arena. Yeah, that's true, because then they went to the big open Super Bowl stadiums. Yeah, now, I, what I really like about 22 is it kind of made you quickly forget about 21. Quickly. 20, 20 was fantastic, um, but as we look back fondly at 22, 22 is one of my favorite manias. Yeah. I think it was, there wasn't a lot of bad, I mean, we'll quickly run through the bad, they, it was kind of painless, um, but I thought the show was awesome, the crowd was great. There were some real highlights in this one, um, but you know, like I said, Allstate Arena. It's this is the end of the arena era yeah. of WrestleMania. Again, you know, like you were saying, the the good in this is so good. And one of these matches we're going to bring up in just a little bit is the unexpected. It's like the dark horse for great matches. So let's move on to the bad first. Um, Big Show and Kane versus Carlito and Chris Masters for the tag team championship. Winner was Show and Kane. It's a cane match, so it automatically sucks. This was the opener, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, Kane and Big Show had a pretty good run as tag champs. Um, you didn't know that watching this match. Oh, God. Um, I don't know if I want to completely blame them for that, because Carlito, uh, Carlito wasn't a bad worker, but Masters was so incredibly green at this point. He just... Um, Chris Masters never deserved the spot that they the, gave yeah, him. Yeah, they were fresh off the push they got. They were in that um, elimination chamber that, you know, Cena won and the yeah. Edge cashed in on after just a couple months earlier. So they looked like they were being pushed to be big stars. You didn't know that at all by watching no. this match. Mm-hmm. No, and the thing with Chris Masters, too, is that like a year or two later, he got off the juice because he got popped on a, on a steroid. You know, he gets popped on the wellness thing, and he shows back noticeably smaller. And they spent about a good 20 minutes on Raw with Triple H and Sean making fun of him. Yeah, and, and the thing is, when he came back at that point, Masters was 100 times better in the ring. Oh, absolutely. It was but more flexible. he was like a joke mid-carder at that point. Um, his biggest push at that point was the fact that he had muscular chest muscles that yeah. he could make dance. Yeah. And that's what we got to see Chris Masters do. He spent his years between his time, I think he got let go from WWE probably a year or two after this. Yeah. Um, was gone for two or three years, honed his craft. When he came back, he was a great wrestler. But he was he, smaller. But he was smaller. Visibly smaller. So he, that probably helped him work a better style, but they pushed him right to the ground. Yeah. So. I love it, too, because it's always Triple H who makes fun of the skinny guys. Yeah, yeah. I took horse tranquilizer today. <laughs> All right, next up. Oh, speaking of another guy who pretty much is known for one talent at this point. Um, it was Booker T and Charmel versus the Boogeyman. Yes, and this was not long after Boogeyman ate off the um, mole off of, what was her name, Jillian Hall. Jillian Hall, After When he was shooting with JBL at Rumble that year. Um, Boogeyman, great character, hilarious character, but one of the dirt worst wrestlers you'll ever see. Yeah, 
oh, awful. For those of you who don't know who he is, he was this guy who showed up on the, their version of American Idol called Tough Enough, um, where he could have been the next WWE superstar. But they had an age restriction, and he was substantially over that. Like, as you put it before we went on air, uh, you know, pushing 40 over it. Yeah, it was probably like a 28 age limit. Yeah. Um, so he showed up at Vince's office because uh, he had this uncanny ability to eat worms. Um, went into full character as the Boogeyman, which, if you don't know what the Boogeyman looks like, please Google it immediately, Boogeyman WWE. Um, you will be able to see that this is an intimidating-looking guy. Hilarious to look at. Imagine being Vince when this walks into your office. Right, exactly. Well, I just want to grab the bucket so we can puke into it. Because he's got to puke! <laughs> um, the best part about this match is nothing to do with the match, but the lead-up to it, where um, Booker T and Charmel are walking to the ring, and they're really scared because it's this whole thing about, you know, they're going to be fighting the freaks. And they pass by every bizarro wrestler that was working for the company at the time. Like, who's that idiot who, like, caused Lita's miscarriage? Oh, Gene Snitsky. Gene Snitsky, yeah. yeah back Snitsky. Um, and they had Mae Young. But the best thing they had, though, was Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man, challenging Eugene to bounce a basketball ten times <laughs> and would have given him money. And it's just, you just see Eugene, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then at nine, he kicked the ball, kicked away. The ball away. Awesome. Classic million dollar man. God damn it, I miss that man so much. Too bad his son sucked. Yeah. His, dad, his yeah. dad's build, but his mom's yeah. rack. Horrible writing, too. Yeah. So, and the final bad match of this show is um, an Undertaker match. Undertaker versus Mark Henry in a casket match. Yes, and this is probably the last time... I mean, I guess that can be argued. It was probably the last time we had Undertaker and Bad in the same sentence in yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, this is the this is the last time. That Mark Henry ranks in there with the Undertaker's quote unquote wins yeah. at WrestleMania with King Kong Bundy, you know, <laughs> a ninety year old Jimmy Snuka. Um, oh shit, what's his name? Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez, which actually was a DQ win. That was an awful... That could have been the end of the streak, before the streak was even a thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. He was then knocked out with formaldehyde. No, not formaldehyde. uh, Um, Chloroform, yeah. Chloroform. Um, and it was just, I mean, that was... But Mark Calloway just looked at that and go, I am not losing to a guy who's wearing an outfit where he's practically naked and there's fur covering his ass crack. As bad as this match was, it did have a really good, clean spot of of him clearing the top rope for a dive onto Henry. Yeah. Um, That was probably the first time we had really seen Taker pull that off at a mania. Yeah. Um, And he did it so perfectly. It's unfortunate that it was overshadowed by such a crap match. Yeah. But, I mean, at this point, nobody was having a good match with Mark Henry. So it's not Taker's fault. No. Um, Luckily, it was a casket match. Um, It was somewhat painless in the the fact that it was somewhat quick. It was quick, yeah. Um, But, you know... If th- this is really the only thing that's that's considered crappy about the show, in yeah, my opinion. So, yeah, I mean um, it, it's okay. Three matches and most it, one of them's a garbage match to begin with. The other one is just a tag match with Kane in it. All right, so fair to Midland, um, the Money in the Bank match that year, which was RVD, Shelton Benjamin, Ric Flair, Bobby Lashley, Finley, and Matt Hardy, with the winner being RVD. Yeah, now, what I remember most about this one is Ric Flair took the most ridiculous ladder bump. Yeah. I literally thought he was dead. I think they were trying to kill him. He So he gets the full stretcher treatment to the back, and then who comes running out in the end? Wooing, wooing to <laughs> die happens like nothing happened. Um, this was a great flare moment. On the I got alimony settlements to pay! Uh, Woo! He took a beating. He took a massive beating in this one. Yep. Um, again, Shelton Benjamin was a highlight. Yep. Um, um, 
Bobby Lashley, or as the he was officially known as Black Lesnar. Yeah, <laughs> Lashley was basically uh, the cane role in this one. Yeah, he exactly. He was the big guy that caught people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fin- I love Finley. Finley's just a guy to take a whole lot of bumps and be able to take a, just beatings on his head. Too professional. I mean, Absolutely. he was a great worker. I don't think he was ever part of a terrible match. He made everything good, not a great he worker. He makes bad matches better. But he, exactly. He yeah. can sell to the high heavens. Um, our, this was pretty much the launching pad, as any of any Money in the Bank was, for the rebooted ECW. Yeah. Our, by the RVD win, now you knew he was going to eventually be the first ECW champion. Yep. Um, the rumors were just starting at this point that that was going to happen. No. Um, but, you know, that led into a pretty good little summer that RVD had when he was carrying the ECW title. Then he fucked it all up by getting exactly. busted with weed. And then him and weed! Sabu just up and down the roads doing what they do every day. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you're on High Times Magazine. This sort of thing's going to happen. Um, but they got busted with a substantial amount of weed. <laughs> and then he lost on a Monday the WWE title to Edge. Yeah. On that Tuesday to the Big Show. Yeah, that's true. So And we had the displeasure of watching uh, the Big Show defend that title against Sabu. Yes. Sabu is about 90 at this point, Ooh. has three moves in his repertoire, one of which is him getting on his knees and pointing to the sky. Yes. That's one of his, that's part of his moveset. He could still take a bump like anybody, like nobody else. Um, he was pretty much put through about 30 tables probably that entire summer by Big Show. Yeah. Uh, but this was the launching pad. RVD got fired. Sabu somehow kept his job. Yeah. Just a job at SummerSlam. Yeah. RVD only came back recently, I think. RVD comes back every once in a while. Yeah, he originally came back, I want to say it was the summer, it was the Money in the Bank in 2013, I believe. I think he came back for that. Yeah. Um, So that was a big pop. He does a lot of, he he shows up, he'll pop up for a Royal Rumble now and then. Yeah, the next time he came back was the Royal Rumble a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he did a couple... He's completely out of contract now. Um, he's working some indies here and there. So the thing is that nobody can afford to pay him, no. other than Vince. I mean, he makes a good. He's one of those guys that when Vince needs him, will come in. Yeah. Um, as long as he can pass the quick piss test, he's good. <laughs> um, if he masks himself well, he's good. Yeah. Um, but he's he loves his weed, man. Yes, he does. So is he actually related to John Claude? No, God no. I didn't think so. No, I'm, I'm sure that his last name is Van Winkle. That's as where well. he got it's... his name from back in the ECW days. When right. He was exceptionally green. This was a guy that really worked himself completely to where his level was. I mean, if it wasn't for ECW, it, no one would have ever is. noticed him. Yeah. The, the, he the probably would have died. Actually, probably. <laughs> his, the other problem with RVD though, terrible promo. Awful. Hey, man, I'm Rob Van Dam. Oh, shit, I forgot to point at myself. That's what happens when you stone a little bit. That's true. So, all right, next up in Fair to Midland, uh, JBL versus Chris Benoit for the U.S. title. Uh, JBL walked out with that title. There, there was no reason to take that thing off of Benoit. No, I mean, this was uh, Benoit's second-to-last Mania match. <laughs> uh, for, for reasons that we don't have to discuss quite yet. Right. Um... But, I mean, I thought this was a really good match. Um, JBL was, you know, that, that chicken shit heel at this point. Yep. Um, Benoit was over as all hell two manias away from when he last won the title, or when he first won the title. Yeah. Um, in a great triple threat match of 20. Um, but you kind of saw he was digressing by the year. Um, Money in the Bank, he was a spot guy the year prior. This year he was in a U.S. title match. Yeah. Um, he was just slowly falling down that ladder. We just didn't notice it because his, he, the level of his professionalism at this point was still yes. far and above everybody else's. 
even though he had the brain of an 80-year-old. When you look point. at the career track that we were discussing with Angle back at 21, yeah. they were pretty similar. Oh, absolutely. But luckily, Angle you know, went about his life a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that his uh, testosterone wasn't 100 to 1. Exactly. Or didn't have the brain the size of a, uh, oh, what do they say, that it was pretty much an Alzheimer's patient. Yeah, he had the brain of an Alzheimer's patient. Yeah. Ugh. That is sad. All right, next up in Fair to Midland, Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon. I love this match. This is a match I could take or leave. It's it's yeah. no fault of Shawn's. It's just that when Vince McMahon has a ma- as any match at WrestleMania, it's usually a shit show. It was basically a squash match. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the bumps that Vince took though were just so unbelievable for a guy that was what sixty at this point. Uh, probably sixty. Sixty. Um, I mean. The bumps that he was taking were absurd. The biggest one being, um, I think it was the finish, when he put him inside of a trash can yeah. all the way over his shoulders and then gave the flying elbow drop off the top rope. I mean, that could have, must have killed um, mm. Vince, but he didn't care. He took the bump, and, and you know he made Sean look like the hero. Yep. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing about Vince. I mean, you know, say what you will about his skills, but he's willing to go the distance. Yeah, and, and in reality, this was kind of... The feud that was over Bret Hart yeah. and how, you know, Sean didn't want to be the one that did it, um, even though, you know, he was the one that kind of he wanted to do it from yeah. it. Um, but it was kind of foreshadowing what we saw a couple of manias later with Bret coming back into the picture. Right. Yeah. The, the only problem with this match I have is that it led into the um, Sean versus God match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which was supposed to be Bret originally. Yeah. Um, but they just couldn't come to terms with Brett, because I don't think Brett ever wanted to be in a room with Sean at this point. No. No. Well, Sean or Vince. Uh, yeah, pretty much either of them. Yeah, no, not at all. No. no. All right, so in the what? final... How, how long How long after the Montreal Screwjob was this? Well, the Screwjob was 97. Yeah, it was 97. This so is this uh, 2006. 2006. Yeah. yeah. About nine years So later. nine years, yeah. And Brett is a bitter, bitter human being. He's only he's only gotten gotten over it like maybe three years ago. Three or four yeah. years ago, yeah. yeah. But we'll get into that. Um, and finally, in fair to Midland, uh, Kurt Angle versus Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio for the World Heavyweight Title, where Rey walked out with the championship belt, which was twice his size. This yeah. match was good, but it was only given like nine minutes. It was given nine minutes. They did. I, I just. There's a number of issues I have with the match's ending. First of all, I love Rey Mysterio. He's not world champion material. No. They only did it because of the Eddie thing. And I, you know, I don't, ex- you know, I really, you know, in reality, didn't expect that they were going to give Chavo the push when Eddie died. But this whole Rey is doing it for Eddie. And, you know, he's talking to Eddie's ghost and, you know, Orton is pissing all over Eddie's legacy. Yeah. And I mean,. It was one of those things that, again, the triple threat can be used intelligently. In this situation, I think it would have been... Orton was a champion going into this, I believe. E, no, Angle it was. was. Angle. I would yeah. have been much happier with the Angle-Ray match. Right. Because it was a triple threat. They probably got more time. I don't know where Orton could have been repositioned onto the show. Right. But I don't know if that was the best use of him here. No. I think the one-on-one match would have been 100 times better. I still like this match. It would have been... Probably a four and a half to damn close to five star match if they were given about fifteen to twenty minutes. Right. But that nine kind of limited them, and we all knew who was walking out with the strap. So absolutely. I just have uh, I hold offense at the Rey Mysterio winning the world heavyweight. Well, yeah. that's the other thing he's, too. 
I mean, he's a lightweight at best. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, roided to the gills at this point hmm. uh, by comparison to where he probably is now. Yeah. Um, but well, you know, now he's no longer. Yeah, now he's just released. He actually just uh, just finally just got out of that contract. Indies. He did a, did a couple things this past weekend. Now, one thing I just noticed here: we don't have Triple H. I, I just noticed that too. I don't know what happened. It might not have saved. Because I think I did that's that. in the fair to Medlin range. Absolutely. Um, um, it was the build was was decent. Um, the ending I liked. The ending was okay. Let me start with the entrances because okay. the entrances were two of the most ridiculous fucking things I have ever seen in professional wrestling. Yes. And this essentially is a sport that revolves around two men, you know, grappling their oily skin in their underwear. Yeah. Okay? Um, Triple H's Huntor the Barbarian was hilarious because he comes out in the throne and they got the new Motorhead song for him. Oh, and he's got his... with the Motorhead. Yeah, well, he still kept Motorhead, but it was King of Kings. Oh. And he had, like, this crown that had, like, the Triple H symbol in the middle of it and he's got all these fur pelts on him. Oh, is this was this when he had the skull mask? No, no, that was later on. Uh, no, he didn't get rid of this This was persona. kind of the start of that. This is one of the... By far one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Now, the funny thing was, I didn't see this when it was live. I ended up watching on DVD. I bought the DVD. But I get a call from uh, Jim, who could not be here tonight. He calls me up the day after. He's like, this is the single most stupidest thing I think I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Yeah. Then John Cena came out. And this, they give this little narration where, in the 1920s, there were gangsters. So John Cena comes out. And he's wearing a zoot suit with his wide brim hat oh. and a Tommy gun. And he comes out in this old-fashioned 1920s car with all these other gangsters, one of whom was CM Punk. Yes, the true WWE debut of CM Punk. Yes, exactly. It was announced that way. It was just, it was so ridiculous. You did now, when you look at these entrances, and then we go back to what we talked about with the Rain match, and we get nine minutes. If they locked six minutes off of these entrances, these entrances yeah. which was three per, which could have easily been done. Then you've got your 15-minute four-and-a-half-star classic. Yeah. But instead, these entrances were way more important. Hey, we paid a lot of money for Lemmy to come out of the vodka bottle. <laughs> His mole doesn't work for free, you know. Yeah, it just it's not a good match. I never felt these guys actually had compatible styles. No, I mean, they could have at times, but I mean, I still think Cena was still trying to figure it out um, as that main eventer, which is not a good thing to say at a WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought the ending was good. I mean, it, how the ending worked was that Triple H didn't want to tap. He just didn't want to tap. Yeah. And then he didn't want to tap. And then he finally did. Um, and this match, I thought, was not a great way to end the show. But I think it was not the worst match I've ever seen. In all honesty, and again, this goes back to the Ray match. Because of, essentially, Ray Mysterio was the Eddie Guerrero ambassador. This should have been the last match of the night. Yeah. This yeah. really should have been the last match of the night if they wanted to pay tribute to, to Eddie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it would have been a perfect fit. Um, the crowd would have had probably a much more positive reaction. Yeah. I mean, the way I have everything written out of here, I don't remember what the actual match order was here. This was nowhere near the end of the card, No, though. Ray, that was in the middle. Yeah. Um, right smack dab in the middle. Um, and it just did. The, the layout wasn't good. Sean and Vince, I think, led into... Yeah. So, uh, there are two best matches. Now, I'm going to go to the Dark Horse first here, because this is the only time you'll ever, ever hear me say this about a women's match, but Trish Stratus versus Mickey James for the women's title is possibly the best women's match I've ever seen. Completely agree. I mean, I don't think that 
there can even be an argument that this is by far the best women's match in WrestleMania history. You have the two most mm. talented women. I've always loved Trish Stratus. I've always loved... Well, Trish Stratus... You can actually go back and trace when she first came in and when they first started actually letting her work. She was terrible. Oh, yeah. But she worked with Fit Finley. Fit Finley mm-hmm. just took her aside and said, you suck. Yeah. But I, I can see that you could be good if you listen to me. And she won, like, this Diva of the Decade thing, like, the Raw, the Raw X or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was the first person she thanked was Fit Finley for training her. Yeah. Um, Mickey James is a close second, though, in terms of just overall talent. Lita was a good wrestler, but Lita was sloppy as shit. She was. She was more about the high spot than anything. Yeah, but Mickey James complimented Trish Stratus to the point where they made that the angle. Mm-hmm. Trish Stratus, was, I mean, Mickey James was Trish's, like, follower, her puppy dog. And when she finally turned on her, it was fantastic to the point where, and you can't see this anymore because they've edited it out of all the DVDs and stuff, there was one roll-up that Mickey does where she rolls her up and friggin' bowling balls her. Yeah, yeah. And, and Two then, in the pink, one in the stink. And like, then stands oh. up and licks her fingers. Yes, yeah. yes. Ooh. Yeah, they've it edited was, that out for good reason. Because they were doing, right around this time, they were doing the gimmick where Mickey was dressing like Trish. Yeah. And then Trish would do the same thing back. Um, it was a sexy thing that they had going on. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, they were kind of pulling a single white female. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And Mickey was the stalker, um, which she played a great role in doing. Um, this was a fantastic women's match, and, and you know, like I said, the e- easily the greatest women's match. In Absolutely. Ever. And Mickey ended up walking out with the title. This yeah. ended Trish's like year-and-a-half-long run as the women's champion. Oh, yeah. champion. It was yeah. fantastic. And I did actually have the chance to look this up. Sean McMahon was actually before Ray. Okay. They had a wonderful buffer between the two title matches. Tori Wilson defeated Candice Michelle in a Playboy pillow fight. How the fuck did I miss that in this? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Probably because it was a three-minute, you know, TNA display. Yeah. But, you know. And they were both terrible. <laughs> yeah, before we get into the by far greatest match of the show, I also saw that the pre-show was a battle royal um, that was won by Big Viscera. Oh, Big Daddy the Fifth. So, uh, yeah. Big I think Nelson Frazier. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Viscera <laughs> wins. Oh, God bless. We miss you. So, all right. Now on to, again, one of the greatest WrestleMania matches in his, in WrestleMania history. Edge versus Mankind. Well, both of these are hardcore hard. match. Now, let's both go back. Workers. Let's Absolutely. go back that before, um, what year was it that Foley thought he was retiring? Uh, it was 2000. What, what year he retired in 2000. So he retired in 2000. Now we're in 2006. Yep. And this was probably his most hardcore WrestleMania match. This, yeah. Um, I mean, we had the tax, we had the flaming table, um, we had the whole nine yards. Oh my God! But that spear—that is the—that that move. Have you seen this one, Mike? Yeah. All right. That move when they light the table on fire and Edge spears him through it. And to the point that, like, I think Edge got the worst of it yeah. at that point. Because he, as soon as he rolls off of that, in that epic moment there, um, this crowd is just jaws on the ground. Because they weren't expecting to see fire in the WWE at this point. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, Lita drenched that thing yeah. with lighter fluid. I mean, this thing was up and engulfed in flames. Oh, 
soon as Edge rolled off the table, his arm was like shaking. You and could that's hear a genuine him. moment right there. You could hear him. Like you just heard like this. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. He was in shock. His and body had gone into people shock. People were saying, in reading reports of this, everybody that was near the ring could smell the flesh burning. Yeah. This was just, this was an epic moment in the history of Edge's career. Um, when I when I saw that that spot, and it's, it really all builds to that spot. You can talk about the match all you want, but that spot alone, again, I got this on DVD, and I'm watching it on my la- I'm watching it on my on my desktop computer. And I just, I see him hit that thing. And I'm like, I just fucking see that? Yeah. I went back. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It was, and they had, I think they had a uh, barbed wire bat involved in this. They had all types of nonsense in this match. I mean, the hardcore match isn't liked by a lot. Yeah. But when it's done correctly, it, it can be not a garbage. Thing. Absolutely. And I mean, when you start looking at this match versus the Ray that got, was really supposed to be the one that got the big push coming out of the show. I think when you look back at this show, Edge, Edge walked was out a bigger star. Edge came out of this show as the biggest winner because he held his own with Mick Foley. He was just coming off his first title run with Cena months prior. Um, Edge was a genuine superstar coming out of this WrestleMania. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I think out of all of the matches I've ever seen, this is probably one of the more raw. I mean, it's yeah, just, it's just absolutely so genuine. Because most, I mean, even in the WWE, the hardcore matches are garbagey matches. It, it, you know, aluminum trash cans yeah. and, you know, oh, he's got a baseball bat. He's got yeah. a kendo stick. If this was Foley's last match, I would have loved it even more. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it was fantastic. But then, like, they, they went to the well of Foley, I think, too many times after this. How many times has he retired? Not many. as many as <laughs> as, uh, as Terry Funk. Let's no. just put it that I way. I mean, because then Foley, we're going to go back to the SummerSlam that was in Boston that year. Um, he had an I Quit match with Flair. Yeah. Um, didn't have to happen. I mean, I was glad to see them feud because it was one of those things that we had never really gotten a chance to get a good look at. Because they fucking hated they each other, They did not too. like each other. Flair thought he was a joke. And uh, if this was, like like I said, if this was Foley's last match, life would have been a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to WrestleMania 23 at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. Starting off with the bad, we've got Kane versus the Great Kali. The winner is nobody. Nobody wins. Oh my god. I don't... I'm just waiting for that day when I read the obituary on Bleacher Report that Great Kali died. Because he has been dying for the last ten years. The sad part is I think it's coming soon. I mean, Vince knows if a guy truly needs your help to keep him employed. Yeah. But he also does not want the guy on his roster when he does. When he dies, yeah. Um, Kali, I mean, the fact that he's lived this long is yeah. actually probably a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, he just has one of the most unhealthy looking bodies you could ever see. Oh my god, he's just, as a wrestler, he is fucking awful. Yeah, horrible. He, he's, he's a, he's a freak show. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, at least, I mean, same thing with Big Show, but at least Big Show can pull a match. Big Show actually can hit a flying drop kick. Yeah. Big Show has got a lot of talent. Yeah. A lot of talent I don't think people give him credit for. Yeah. Uh, Kane is Kane. Kane is a serviceable big man. He's just incapable of having good matches because yeah. he needs somebody to tell the story for him. He can't do it himself. That, that's why he works so well in, in tech teams. Yeah, and Kane's biggest thing is that what's gotten him by so long is the fact he's never gotten hurt. He's yeah. that guy that at any point in that late 90s to early 2000s run, if he got hurt and was out for six months, he might have never come back. But mm-hmm. the fact that he stayed healthy, he kept his time on TV... He's still on our TVs now. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, it's one of those things that Kane, when you watch this match, you're like, why the hell is this on the show? Yeah. So, uh, moving on, the next one, the ECW Originals, which are RVD, Sabu, Tommy Dreamer, and Sandman 
versus the ECW new breed of Kevin Thorne, Elijah Burke, Marcus Corvon, and Matt Stryker. I mean, just listen to those names. Yeah, exactly. Listen to them. I'm just trying to see who is still employed by the company. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody at all. Yes. RVD comes the closest because he makes his, his you know, overpriced guest appearances. Sabu, we've already gone over that. Tommy Dreamer, I never got the appeal of. Very respected. Oh, absolutely. Um, a guy that is friends with a lot of people. Um, when I was roaming around in New Orleans last year before Mania 30, every time you saw Tommy Dreamer, he was with a WWE main roster guy. Yeah. Very respected. I know he's really close with Lita. Um, this is a guy that everybody loves. Yeah. Um, so... He, he really has a good knowledge for the game, um, knowledge for uh, the entire wrestling industry. So he keeps finding work, but I don't want to watch him wrestle. No. And Sandman, I mean, I never got the appeal of Sandman. Sandman's whole gimmick is walk out with a butt, with a cigarette, smash a couple beer cans in his face, bleed up before the match, and then go wrestle. Now, the summer of 2006, which was right before this, or, you know, eight yeah. months before this, they were running ECW house shows. We, I got the privilege of going to one in Fitchburg. At the oh. Wall of Civic <laughs> Jesus! Now, wow, we really? walked up. I think we got tickets the day of the show. So to point sat, out, that's where we take my daughter ice skating. Yes, okay, we sat in the second row <laughs> on the day of the show. And now, who do I get the privilege of experiencing right in front of me? In fact, standing on my chair, but the Sandman. Oh, Gaining the hell out of his head. Yeah. He gives me his beer. So I'm excited because, you know, I've got the Sandman's beer. Yeah. Thing was piss warm. <laughs> like, literally, like, the thing oh. was disturbing. You could feel it through the can. Oh. So oh. now I learned the tricks. Why was he able to drink these beers so fast? Because I can't drink a them, cold yeah. beer that fast. You know what I mean? But he's... he was drinking piss warm beer. Oh, and again, this happened in Fishburg. The funny thing is here is that if they really wanted to build up this new ECW, they would have let the new breed go over. Yeah. They didn't. RVD was actually the guy who got the pin. And you look at the guys in the new breed. You've got Kevin Thorne, who was Mordecai, Mm -hmm. which was just a joke. I mean, he had a pretty cool gimmick here because Shelly Martinez was a complete and utter smoke show um, as his manager. Elijah Burke, really talented guy. I thought he was unbelievable. I'm amazed he's not working for them anymore. He's He's still a TNA, though. No, they let him go. I I think that he had some issues, drug issues. Corvon um, had a shitload of issues. Corvon had a shitload of issues. Again, somebody TNA butchered. Yeah. And then WWE thought he was this big star, and they threw a ton of money at him. But again, Marcus Corvon. That's a terrible... push that What was his name in, um, in TNA? Um, he did the pounce. Yeah. He was actually an NFL football player. He played for the Patriots, yeah, actually. Yeah, I can't think of... Monty Brown. Monty Brown. Monty Brown. That's a better name, Marcus Corvon. Yeah, but they have sense. to have their own names. Yeah. Matt Stryker uh, was, uh, up until recently, I think, working for them as an announcer. Yeah, I mean, he does Lucha Underground now. Um, he's the announcer there, and he just kind of takes bit jobs here and there. He worked the New Japan show with uh, JR in January this year. Well, so. when I had heard that Matt Stryker was getting employed by WWE, I flipped out because, oh my god, the guy from Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. Because there were two Matt Strykers that wrestled. There's this guy who was a former teacher, and Matt Stryker from Ring of Honor... I have the honor of him actually hearing me shout at him at a match, because I went to a Ring of Honor match, where the way that the ring was positioned and where we were sitting, I'm like, Matt, you got to fix your tights, because they were riding up like crazy. And he just, he turns around, he's like, what are you looking at my ass for? I'm like, I'm on eye level! (laughs) Striker, 
I thought Stryker was a great announcer when he started. Yeah. I mean, he was, his size just didn't bode well for a wrestling run in the WWE. No. In the land of giants. He started off as a great announcer, but every year he got worse. Yeah. And, I mean, he was like, I'm marking out things that you just don't say to a casual audience. Exactly. And, um, you know, it, the, the run was short-lived, um, but, again, the fact that these four guys got a WWE payday will shock anybody. WrestleMania, yep. Yep. But you're right about Shelly Martinez. Absolute smoke show, even though... I was a bit shocked by the size of her areolas when I actually saw yes, them. Yes, yes. They and, are like so, they are like coffee saucers. Yeah, she she did a couple of the soft core things out there, um, <laughs> but she uh, she was the reason for that entire gimmick ever getting over. Yeah, exactly. So next up, uh, the Battle of the Billionaires: Bobby Lashley versus Umaga, where Bobby Lashley was fighting for um, Donald Trump. And Umaga was fighting for Vince McMahon in a uh, Billionaire Loses His Hair match. Yes, Stone Cold was a special guest referee, yep. which was really the highlight of the match. I gotta tell ya, there is a, it's amazing to me how wrestling fans can take a guy like Donald Trump and make him the face of the match. Yeah, I mean, pretty much they were fighting over the ability to say, you're fired. You're right. Um, and all the crazy rumors were out there that... Trump wanted to buy WWE, and this was his test. They drew a really good pay-per-view buy because of this match. shitty match. Um, and you know, we saw Lashley, who I think now is a serviceable wrestler. At this point, he sucked. Yep. Um, and Umaga, God rest his soul, um, was a great worker. Uh, Umaga is an underrated talent, but at this he couldn't point. even get it out of Lashley at this point. Yeah. No, but the issue is though is that they kept pairing him up with these slugs, yeah. and that was the issue. Bobby Lashley is just so. I guess the term I want to use is unremarkable. Yeah. That's really what he is. He's just unremarkable. He's they a, he's... pushed him too hard. No I pun mean... intended. He is a pale comparison to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. <gasps> oh. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Dante Hicks is just like you. He loves grape soda. So, all right, next up, Ashley versus Melina for the Women's Championship. I can honestly say I don't remember this. Uh, Ashley Massaro's uh, whole gimmick was she wears her trucker caps backwards yeah. and usually has like that that Power Girl window where her boobs are. She was another diva search winner. Oh yeah, she yeah, she was wasn't she dating Matt Hardy after this? Yeah, she did. Yeah, but Melina, Melina's one of the best bad women's wrestlers. Yeah, Melina was the WWE bicycle at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody got a ride. Everybody um, got. Now, as we look at Melina. Um, she continued to get pushed as a women's wrestler, and no one ever understood why. Um, fun Melina story that I always like to tell. Okay, please. Um, I don't think I've heard this one. She was dating John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, yep. whatever he was. She was the manager for Eminem. Um, we haven't noticed Eminem, even though they were probably the best tag team in the industry at this they point. They weren't wrestling on the shows. <laughs> but they weren't wrestling on the shows. So, Melina was cheating on Morrison with Dave Batista. <laughs> so, they do a European tour. And on the way back, they're going at it on the plane with Morrison on the plane. Right. Vince is on the plane and never pushed Morrison because he thought that he was too much of a pussy for not saying anything about his girl cheating on him in mm -hmm. front of him. I mean, granted, what's he going to say to Dave Batista? Right. But that lost him, dropped him down a ton of pegs with Vince because he didn't have a spine to him. And uh, John Morrison is still a great worker. Um, he's all over the indie scene at this point. But this every time I hear Molina... I see the guy that killed, the, the chick that killed John Morrison. Yeah. Because we're going to get into John Morrison in a little bit. Not until next year, but... Um, 
You know, I I think that unless the uh, unless the women's match is Fairy Midland or best, we don't really need to talk about no, them no. that much. I mean, no. no, I really don't think we have to talk about another one the rest of this run here. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. They're, they're on they're on the list, but they're just they're all the worst. They're terrible. Yeah. All right. So in the Fair to Midland column, we've got Batista versus Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. Not it's it's not a bad match. It's two big guys being big guys. Yeah. But when you watch the match, and this is something I, I got from you know that that frame of the WWE Network, um, they the announcers could have given a shit. About Batista. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things that Taker actually did a really good job in this match, even keeping it interesting. Um, unfortunately, they had their best match in this feud the next month. Yeah. They didn't use it on the proper stage, like WrestleMania should have been. Um, now, was this the mania after Taker and Sean closed the Rumble? Um, they had that epic exchange for like 11 minutes. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Or that might have been with the, with the Edge match. I don't remember, but but either way, Taker and Sean both had did a great job in the show, carrying someone else in a match. Right. Um, made it, dropped it out of the terrible level into the middle ground, um, but it could have been so much better. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then Shawn Michaels versus John Cena for the WWE Championship, where Cena won. Shawn Michaels in this match does the one thing you don't see a lot of upper card guys, these high echelon guys do. When it requires him to do so, he will be the heel. He will play heel the entire run. Well, he did it with Hogan. He did it with. He's done it with everybody. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with Shawn Michaels though. He was he was equally adept at being both uh, both a heel and a face. He's a student of the game. Yeah. Yeah. He knows he, how this business works. And he's great at both sides. Yeah, you can tell him five minutes before he's going out to the match what he what role he's playing. He yeah. plays it to a perfection. Right. Yeah. My issue with this match, though, is very early on in the match, Sean is fighting dirty. I mean, he is just being the heel, and he is whooping Cena. And he just, he takes one of his legs and just wails on it for like five minutes straight. It's nothing but work the leg, work the leg, work the leg, work the leg. The second Cena gets one piece of offense in, you can forget about that leg injury. He no-sold it the entire time. Yeah. It would, the second he got him up for the first, um, I think they're still calling it the FU at this point. They hadn't changed it to the attitude adjustment. He should have, he just should have crumbled because that would have sold it for me that it was a better match. Nope, nope, no. And I think Sean had a great elbow drop to the uh, ring announcer yeah. table there. Um, really, or I'm sorry, like the JJR table. Um, this match was decent. Um, it's it's sad to say it wasn't great because Sean was involved. Again, they had their best match less than a month later. Exactly. And exactly. I mean, this is, what, this is what I think about with this WrestleMania, that two matches that are supposed to be really good had great rematches. Absolutely. But they should have been good on this show. The, you know what I noticed with this match? This is the first time it was really glaringly obvious to me that with Cena, when he slaps on that STFU, he's putting zero torque in it. It doesn't look like it would hurt anybody. It wouldn't hurt a baby. Yeah, and that's what Steve Austin always says in his podcast. He always says, you know, Clinch it in, boy. Clinch yep. it in. Yep. Because it makes it so much more believable. Um, just the year prior with Triple H, that finished the show. Yeah. You'd think he'd get better at it over the years. Yeah. Um, but I, I always hated that he used that move. Why is a guy with that size of muscle trying to tap somebody out um, when he could just continue throwing AAs or FUs, whatever you want to call them every right. day? Um, I don't know. This match disappointed me. The, well, yeah, the, the STF is also one of those things you need for smaller guys. That it was a William Regal thing. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what it belonged to be. 
All right, so for best matches, we've got the Money in the Bank match, which was uh, Edge, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Mr. Kennedy, Booker T, Matt Hardy, Finley, and CM Punk. Uh, Mr. Kennedy was the one who walked out with the, the uh, suitcase that night. The Great first, match. Yeah, the first failed decision here, though. Yeah. Uh, they went with Kennedy. I mean, look at that roster that was in this match. I mean, Edge, Orton, Hardys, Punk. I mean... Punk wasn't ready at this point. No, think. he wasn't ready. Finley wasn't going to get anywhere. No, Booker, Booker T, T yeah. yeah. Kennedy was the guy. He was supposed to be, like, main eventing next year's WrestleMania yeah. at this point. And he fucked. Well, no, actually, this time he got injured. Yeah. He got horrifically injured. And then Edge ended up with the briefcase. Yeah. Um, but he was a colossal fuck-up. Yeah. And, I mean, the coolest part of this match was the Jeff Hardy bump. Mm. Um, he was on a ladder in the ring. Poor Edge was laid out on a ladder that was kind of from the guardrail to the fans to the ring. Yep. And just took the most horrific bump. He snapped the ladder in half, and yeah. Edge didn't finish the match. No, Edge was out of there. Probably didn't wrestle for a couple weeks after that. I yeah. Mean, who knows? But uh, that was a that was a great match. I mean, it was as hardcore Money in the Bank as you're going to see, based on the fact that the Hardys were throwing their bodies around. Yeah. Um, Kennedy, like I said, he was definitely the guy at this point. Yep. Um, the Mike thing was great. But again, he pissed it away. Yep. The, well, the beauty with Kennedy, too, he was a great heel because he did, like, he does the things that I love heels to do, which is just take the business into their own hands. He did his own announcement. He announced himself to the ring. And they would just drop that microphone down, and he'd grab it, and he'd do his thing. He was awesome. Yeah, he was supposed to be Vince's son. Right. storyline. But again, he likes steroids. Yep, yep. And that's what fucked him up, too, because he actually was like, no, I've never done uh, steroids in my life. And then they took the piss test. He peed into the cup. And then finally on the best matches, Chris Benoit versus MVP for the U.S. Championship. And this is kind of by default. Yeah, I think MVP was a great worker. Um, still can work a good match he today. He was green as later. hell. He green was green as hell at this match. point. Um, good match, though. Benoit could, could carry a phone book, even at this deteriorated point of his brain. Um, thought it was a great match. I mean, Benoit, again, U.S. title match two years in a row. Yep. Um, just at this point, what, three years removed from being the, the Championship, yep. Um, Benoit's such a good worker. He was having a great match with anybody at this point. If you had marginal talent, which I think at this point MVP did, yeah. this is going to be a good match. He, yeah. The beauty of this match, and you, you, were, you were watching it with me, because I was watching it at work, that... I mean, it just it was so sad because I knew this was it. Yes. This was the last match that Chris Benoit was ever going to wrestle. And he just made MVP look like a goddamn star that he night. Did. And MVP kind of took the ball and ran with it for a little while. He had a good WWE run. Not a great one. He's never a world champion. Um, but well, that's he, because he's black. I yeah. mean, that's just... <laughs> but he, SmackDown was MVP's show for yeah. a stretch there. Um, I mean, this was such a good, this was a match geared off of a SmackDown feud. Which I enjoy, because SmackDown was by far the most watchable show at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, when you look at these two, I mean, MVP went on from this point after he was let go by WWE. He had New Japan run. I mean, to work in New Japan shows how much you learned when you were in WWE. Yeah. Um, and he really was, he, he went off from there. And uh, MVP's a great worker. Um, has a lot of knowledge of the business. Benoit, again, sad to say this is his last mania. This is it. Yeah, God. So fucking depressing. Yeah. This was on a snow day, I think. This is one of our snow day matches. Believe so, yeah. God damn it. So anyway, let's move on. WrestleMania 24 at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida. The Ric Flair Mania. 
Yep. This was their this was their big outdoor in the rain WrestleMania. I believe somebody got electrocuted. Yes. The okay. uh, fireworks at the end a went right over to an entire crowd. I think there were like four or five people. Oh, fantastic. Into. Okay. Yeah. Um this was the second outdoor mania ever. Yeah. Outdoor Mania nine. Um you know, Orlando is supposed to I remember it was supposed to rain all day and it just started right after the show ended. Right. Um at the entire show, I mean when you do it outside you're always worried about that, especially in Florida. But, you know, they just missed them. They, they were supposed to rain the whole day. That's when they did that elaborate canopy over the ring for the that first was, time. That was, yeah. That um, was interesting. Yeah, and, you know, there was a lot of good parts of this, but there was also a lot of bad in it. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of bad. There are four in our in our worst matches here. Finley versus uh, JBL, with the winner being JBL. Primarily because JBL didn't need to go over in this. No, this was just that continual reward JBL for being such a good trooper. Yeah, they stiffed the hell out of each other for, you know, what, 10 minutes or so. Um, just rough match. Uh, like, you'd expect these two to have. These guys right. legitimately like to beat people up. Just didn't gel. It was the opener. Yeah. Um, just didn't fit into a WrestleMania And the Hornswoggle match. stuff that they threw in yeah. there as Finley was Hornswoggle's father because you, they're both Irish. <laughs> You both, you felt like as you were watching this match that you were watching a Raw match. It just didn't seem like a WrestleMania. No, belt. no. In fact, I actually looked that up to make sure it made the main show. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. So uh, next up, oh hey, Kane um, versus <laughs> Chavo Guerrero now, for the ECW title. This was the one and only time that the Money in the Bank winner from earlier in the show cashed in to be to use it that match. No, this was the they Wasn't had the it? they had the pre-show Battle Royal. Re- okay, that's what it was. The winner was going to go right, face the right, ECW right. t- uh, champion who was Chavo Guerrero at the time who was getting massively punished. I got that confused cuz Kane did that in a Money in a Bank pay-per-view years later. Yeah, um, Chavo had been caught at a TNA show I think the night before. Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, guess what? Glenn's going over." Yeah, it was about 15 seconds. Too, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Chavo's in-ring uh, walk to the ring was longer than the entire match. Match. Yeah, it was it was bad, bad, it was really, really, really bad. It's just it doesn't really warrant mention. Nothing happened. No. All right. Oh, speaking of nothing happening, uh, Ashley and Maria versus Melina and Beth Phoenix. Again, what Mike said before, I think we can just, just skip it. Doesn't even matter, which is sad because I think Beth Phoenix is one of the better. Beth Phoenix is great, and but she was in Maria is hot as hell. Um, but that's it. Yeah, that's all I can say about yep. it. And then uh, Big Show versus Floyd Money Mayweather. This match was such horse shit. And this was one of those matches that used to sell the show that year. It did. It was it helped I mean money is one of the biggest buys in all of pay-per-view sports. Yeah. Um this was just it didn't fit. This uh, was terrible. I mean again, it's Big Show getting saddled with the gimmick. It match. was in the crappy Big Show portions. Um, Mayweather you knew was going to win. He's yep. not going to come in and lose to the Big Show. Right. Um or else his career is over <laughs> as as an actual real fighter. Right. Um it just didn't yeah. It was bad, too, because his entourage played a big part How in How are we to believe that Money Mayweather, who doesn't knock out people in boxing, right. is going to knock out a guy ten times a size? Exactly. I'll never understand. Well, he, because his he, one of his boys had the uh, the brass nuts on his rope chain. Yeah, it's just bad. Bad, it, bad, Seriously, bad. I'm watching this match, and it just it was like a car wreck. Yeah. It was just like, I have, to, I have to get through this match. Yeah, you got to continue watching it. You don't want to skip through it. Yeah, exactly. I might miss something. And they had, the, the legitimate build to it was good. I thought. Well, yeah, but then, again, that's... I mean, this is a Lawrence Taylor Bam Bam exactly. Bigelow type of build. I thought they were past this stuff at yes. this point. You offended me, sir. You yeah. have offended my honor. <laughs> and then Mayweather grabbed his white glove and slapped the big show. And yeah. Pistols at dawn, sir. And again, this show had probably equal amount of good and bad. 
Mm. Um, this clearly, the four that we just listed are about as bad as it gets, though. Right. All right. So in the Baron Midland, actually, we only have two. Batista versus Umanga. The Raw versus SmackDown match yes, with it, Batista going over. This could have easily fallen into that list of the four, too. Mm. Um, you know, Umaga, again, wasn't bad enough to ever really have a bad match. I thought he was a really good worker. Um, this was his last Mania as well, I believe. Um, yeah, but he got fired. He he wasn't yeah, working for no, them when he died. No, no, he got fired. Uh, him and Batista, he could have been a lot better. I remember they had a really good build because they had like the pull apart brawls that all always felt genuine in wrestling. Um, <laughs> this this one was just it just didn't fit. Yeah, um, but I thought they they worked okay together. It's you know the problem is is that when they have these big man matches in such a spotlight, it just it's a Raw match. Yeah. You know? And, and Raw versus SmackDown, who cares? Nobody's buying it at this point. Or, a, you know, it's an Armageddon match. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a secondary pay-per-view type of match. Doesn't fit. All right. Then we get Randy Orton versus John Cena versus Triple H for the WWE Championship. This was just a nothing match. I how, mean... At this point, how many times have we seen Orton, Cena, Cena, Triple H, Triple H, Orton? Let's just throw them all in together. The, Actually, I saw I saw someone actually run that between, I want to say it was between 2006 and 2012 or something like that. Orton and or Cena were in the main event like 95% of the time. Yeah, it was, yeah, I mean. You're underdog, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> with the amount of names that the company had at this point, um, the fact that these three were your really fighting over your major title um, just does not work. No. And, I mean, I was amazed that Orton went over yeah. because they didn't give him a chance to go over. But then the next month, Triple H beat him for the belt. Yeah, it was one of those things I feel like they didn't switch the title because everybody expected them to, um, which Vince was obsessed with at this point. Yeah. We'll talk about in future shows. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, they set up Orton to then lose it, like you had said. Um, nothing was exciting about this. Right. Now, the funny thing is, I noticed this during the announcement of the match. They kept referring to the WWE Championship as being the most prestigious um, title in the industry. It's the most coveted title in their business. This was in the middle of the show, and they were still running the shows where they had two champions. A Raw champion and a SmackDown champion. So, how do you think that that makes that belt look... Because that, that, that's the one, the heavyweight title. The world heavyweight title will close out the show. Yeah, it's such and poor judgment. An hour after they're like, well, yeah, you don't know, yeah. this is the only belt anybody gives a the, shit the about. The one that The Undertaker, who at this point is your biggest mania draw, yeah. is fighting for and attempting to win, that one's the one that means nothing. Right. It just did not make any sense. Yeah. So, however, bet, one of the best matches I saw on that show, Money in the Bank, which was CM Punk, Chris Jericho, Kennedy... MVP, Carlito, Shelton Benjamin, and John Morrison. I remember the build to this. Everybody thought that Kennedy was going to get his second chance here. Um, because nobody ever truly believed that they were going to give Punk that shot. Um, everybody had thought, I mean, Punk was his indie darling. Um, he's this guy that he's not a everybody big guy. loves. You know, he's smug. He sticks to his guns. The fact they even let him... Use his name is shot was shocking enough. Yeah. And then they had him win this, and it was like, wow, the tides are turning in the WWE right now. Um, when he ended up cashing in a couple months later um, over Edge, when Batista yep. and Edge were feuding, it was one of my favorite moments in history of Raw because you're seeing this guy's made it. 
Mm-hmm. And this is a guy that deserves it. This is a guy that should be in this spot. Um, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, alluding to the future. Um, and, I mean, I thought this match was excellent. You don't have a single bad worker this entire thing. No. Carlito, I mean, Carlito's Carlito, but the other ones are all studs. Um, Carlito can carry a good match if he's properly motivated. Yeah, exactly. And but. you didn't have him getting dragged down by the masterpiece at this point. <laughs> um, so they they were they all worked together, um, and they put together one hell of a match. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, Morrison, for a guy that just he's a big guy, he's yeah. cut, that, that guy can move. He's got a lot of aerial moves. And even though we saw Shelton, I want to say one more mania after this, this was kind of the changing of the guard of Benjamin over to Morrison. Yeah. Morrison became now their rumble guy that does the high spots, the crazy yeah. elimination spots. Um, but this was really the point that ben, we kind of saw maybe Shelton, this is all he's ever going to be. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, too, because this is the only Money in the Bank match that shows up on that WrestleMania commemorative DVD Yeah, they put out a few years ago. Yeah. I think it was the best one they've ever did. I honestly, I, I agree. I agree. It was fantastic. I love the fact that Punk went over. When he won the title, this is the one where they just kind of pulled it off him for no reason. Yeah, and then he feuded with, he feuded with Taker that summer. Right. And then the second time he cashed in on Jeff Hardy. Yeah. The, the, the next year that we'll talk about. Yeah. Later. Um, but you know, Punk got got his little run here for a little while. Um, it was a, he was a transitional champ like Edge was when he won his Money in the Bank. But it was more so let's give him the title and see how the crowd test the waters. Yeah, and the crowd loved him. Um, and you know, it was a good little run there. Um, and you know, Punk beat Edge and was in the middle of a feud with Batista after that. Um, I mean, no one was believing him at that point, and that not, was kind of the issue. It's not bad for a guy who came out of Ring of Honor. But yeah, you got to see, you know, the career track start to take off at this point. So next up, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. Yeah. Damn, this is a good match. Yeah, and we were talking about this in the pre-show here. Um, Shawn and Flair, this of these entire ten manias that we're talking about, this was probably the best overall moment at the end of this match. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm sorry, I love you before the super kick at the end. Yeah. And then before the three even hits, Flair's crying, laying in the middle of the ring. Yeah. I mean, for him to go out, and I put, you know, parentheses around that, um, with Sean um, in this situation was, was perfect. Yeah. yeah. No, it was great. I love the fact that they reverted back to crazy old Ric Flair, too, with that, oh, yeller, oh, yeah. yeller, I'll yeah. show you, oh, yeller. Uh, slap, slap, the, slap. The story going into it was that for about six months before this yeah. match, if Flair lost, he was done. And he kept on winning. He kept on winning. Nobody knew why. He kept on winning. And then it built <laughs> to this match. Sean didn't want to take the match. But Flair said, if I'm going to have one last WrestleMania match, it's going to be with Mr. WrestleMania. And that's what built to it. Sean didn't want to put old Yeller out the pasture. Nope. Um, I thought the build to this was amazing. The crowd was eating anything, eating out of the hand of anything that these two guys yeah. did. I just really wish that Flair had pissed over the legacy of this match. Yeah, it sucks that he then wrestled crappy matches in TNA. Yeah. Uh, but as memorable as hey, this night man's was... man's got alimony. Exactly. I mean, what's what happens when you have four ex-wives, as Cesaro would say, um, years <laughs> later. Um, so Flair, as good as this moment was, the next night on Raw was even better. Yeah. With everybody coming out. And obviously... Everybody and everybody and Flair's crying. The waterworks are there. The the song I remember they always played was "Leave the Memories Alone." <laughs> um, everything was great about this. I can't speak highly enough. Oh about man, it. it's a yeah. I mean, they both worked their ass off in this in this match too. It's a testament to Ric Flair that at that age 
I mean, he was close to 60. Yeah, he's yeah. actually 60. Yeah. Um, 59 or 60 when when this match was 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 fought. Unbelievable that they could pull this one great match out of him. Because you're right. The second he went to TNA, he was a goddamn joke. Brutal. Oh, you want that. Yeah, beer we need, time. We need a beer before we start talking about Taker. Exactly. So, yeah. Edge versus The Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. This match closed out the show. Yes. Yep. Uh, awesome match. I feel like this yeah. match never gets the credit it deserves. No, I, I think it's it's the first truly great Undertaker-WrestleMania yeah, match. this was the launching pad yeah. for the end of... The, the last five years. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's the end of the. It's the end of the run. Yeah, yeah. I think this is it. Yeah, and we'll get was, into that when we talk about thirty-one. Yeah. This but. was pretty much when he started. I mean, this was his last title run, really. Yeah. Um, it was when he became a part timer, but this was probably the last time that he really had an epic WrestleMania run into him. Um, you know, he won the Rumble leading into this. Edge was the again the chicken shit heel. Yeah. Um, which was at the top of his game. Yeah. Edge and Taker always worked well together, and this yeah. is the culmination of yeah. all of that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great match. They both worked their asses off. I mean, I never once believed that Edge was going to win, mm. but it was a really good match. But it was one of those that they really started to perfect it in this match, that there's a couple times during every Taker match from this point on yeah. that you think that they, they give you one spot that you think, oh shit, this is it. This is it. The streak's over. Um, there was a couple, a couple times this match that yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, you never really thought it, but there was a couple times in it you were like, shit, this could happen. And when it finally does happen, and we will get into that, yes. it's it's that type of spot where that happens. And it's really, when you think about the way the streak ended up ending, you start looking at those spots in the years prior. Yeah. Mm. So, all right, next up, WrestleMania 25 at the... <laughs> So we went really long on this show. Um, our our runtime before editing was like two and a half hours. So um, Mike and I decided we were going to cut it here. Uh, so you'll get the, the second half of the show from WrestleMania's um, 24 all the way to 30, probably in about a week or so. Uh, but it's not fair to keep you all waiting that long. So um, again, thanks to uh, Mike Rossi for helping us out. And uh, you will hear from us again in about a week. Uh, this is Andy, and go forth and be nerdful. We'll see you soon. On your knees, on your knees for the king, the king of kings. There is only one.